you are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Uh, you can follow Landon on Twitter uh, at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what's going on, sir? Not much. It's uh, Question Tuesday. We've got uh, approximately uh, 7,000 questions that we can answer. Which is always we're, good. We're yeah. probably only going to answer uh, 10 to 20% of them. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we've got a bunch of really good, mostly draft-related questions that yeah. we're going to get into right now. So, Landon, as of uh, February 16th, I want you to give the listeners your favorite pick for the Cowboys at number 10. We got this question a bunch, and I think it stems... From yesterday, me proclaiming my love for a certain cornerback in this class. But as we head into the the last two weeks of uh, February, who is your favorite pick for the Cowboys? I think you know. I I think my favorite pick is is Pinay Sewell. I don't think he's gonna gonna make it. There. <laughs> okay. So uh, sure. I think my favorite pick you know, that seems likely is probably the same guy that you're gonna mention, and it's mm. Patrick Sertan. It is. I just think that. As things stand right now, if I knew that Sertan was the pick at 10, I would feel confident that, you know, they uh, made solid contact with the ball on, on their first round pick, right? That they, they didn't, uh, uh, yes. you know, take a big swing and miss. Uh, they, 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 at the very least, probably hit a, a, a solid double to the left field corner, not to use another baseball ref, uh, <laughs> reference, but I feel like they, they, you know, with the potential of, of you know, it being kind of a, a rounding third, it's going home sort of situation if things work out great. You know, I just think that Sertan comes in with such a high floor uh such a high level of experience playing the position he's obviously uh has experience playing with digs uh they have there's there's some kind of relationship there um you know i think that sertan is the pick that if if you're not going to get a guy like you know sewell who's a kind of the uh top generational generational talent type that getting uh you know making solid contact with the ball. I hate to use that reference again, but I, I do think it's important is that you really just can't screw this pickup. And uh, if, you do, if you're not going to get a uh, generational talent type player, and there really aren't that many in this draft, and certainly none no, that are really no, going to no. be available to you at 10, uh, then you really just need to make sure that you uh, are getting a solid player who is going to give you value at the position. Uh, I, I just have a hard time seeing a situation where Patrick Sertan comes into the league and is anything less than an, uh, a, a well above average starting cornerback. You know, and I think that that's that, that, that's not like a uh, that's that's super that's not super sexy, especially when you're talking about the tenth overall pick. But when you talk about the conditions surrounding the draft this year, all the other factors involved, the the, the type of class that it is, the, the lack of you know super elite talent at the top, I, I think that there is uh, value in uh, taking the safe pick uh, who you know is also a player at a position of need 
uh, and and plugging him into your defense and and just trying to go along with the rest of your uh, with the rest of your draft. Uh, you know, lined up with that. I think, you know, there's obviously lots of opportunities to get, uh, uh, you know, starting level cornerbacks maybe in the second round if you wanted to. I just think that if you take Sertan at 10, uh, the rest of the draft, you know, falls a lot more nicely in front of you <laughs> than if you had taken some, uh, you know, maybe reached at some of the other positions uh, and you still feel like you needed to add, you know, important pieces later on uh, into your secondary. Yeah, and we're going to get to that in just a second. But um, I, I agree. I think it's Sertan. And actually, Atlanta, you know what sold it for me was I was watching on Sunday all of his targets in coverage from 2019. And he just he just doesn't get beat very often. No. And then when you turn on the 2020 tape, I, I'm trying to re- remember what the game was. I, it might have been against Mississippi State. Um, him and just run defense, like he just yeah. comes up and he tackles, and it's nothing. It's nothing so sexy that it's like you, I gotta create a video of this and put it on Twitter or anything like that. It's just it tells you everything you need to know about him. He's physical. He plays hard. He's got the NFL bloodlines. He's got 1,500 career snaps at Alabama. You can put on tape against him against every single type of receiver you want. You can see him play out of the slot. He's got the size. There's just not a lot of holes to pick in his game. Do you wish he was a little bit twitchier and maybe sure. a little bit better of an athlete? Sure, of course. But if that was the case, he probably would be a top three or four pick in this class because he literally has everything he, you want. I really like the combination of him and Diggs. We already saw it at Alabama, and that seemed like it worked out pretty well. But two long, athletic guys with some pretty good technique and good ball skills, I, I think you can sign me up for that. Um, you know, real quick, it's yeah. just like it's the idea. It's like the, the in the land of the blind, the, the seeing man is king. In the land of the unknown, which is this draft landscape, right? Yes. Patrick yes. Sertan is one of the only you know, very well-known quantities, right? Like I, Even like if the combine was happening this year i think for for sertan it was just like it would be just like okay just don't run a four six you know or don't run a four seven Mm -hmm. and i think outside of that you check all the boxes and you know exactly who sertan is and and you feel comfortable so that's why sertan is is so uh intriguing to us is that this is a year where we're not getting very much information on these players. So guys like Sertan that have been well-documented, has had lots of, of tons and tons of reps against all types of competition in the SEC, uh, there's sure. a, there's, you get a bump for being a well-known quantity in this draft. The other thing is, is he actually played this year. You look yeah. at all the other guys that we are considering. I mean, you mentioned Sewell, Micah Parsons, Caleb Farley, Rashawn Slater, Gregory Rousseau. None of those guys played. And then when you factor in like J.C. Horn and Quiddy Pay, those guys played a combined eight games. So I get to take a guy that played a ton of snaps last year, almost a thousand snaps, played really well, got better uh, at Alabama, coached by one of the best defensive minds in all of football. Yes, sign me up. I think that makes a ton of sense. Um, Lena, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and talk about our favorite players to pair with Patrick Sertan in the first round. But I wanted to tell you guys about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. 
It's the best way to place your bets and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Landon, let's assume that the Cowboys do go with Patrick Sertan at number 10. We saw two different mock drafts I saw today, Daniel Jeremiah and Pro Football Focus. Both had the Cowboys taking Sertan at number 10. Who would be your favorite player to pair with him in the second round? I mean, <laughs> this is, this is going to sound like you know, homerism for a guy that I love a lot, but I do think that adding Richie Grant in the second round makes a lot of sense sure. with pairing Sertan. I mean, the one where you have with adding Sertan to a, a, a cornerback core that already has digs, especially in a kind of cover one, cover three system, is that you need a back-end safety to kind of make things right. You know, it's like to protect them if, if uh, players are going deep, someone who can cover wide swaths of the field and, 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 and be there to be help on the back end if things get hairy versus more, you know, kind of athletic wide receivers getting down the field. Mm-hmm. I think Richie Grant's the best free safety in this draft. Um, you know, I think Moreg can be in the conversation if you want to discuss that too. I just, pref- I think I prefer Richie Grant at this point um, just because I think he can do a, a, a everything well and frankly in a lot of ways richie grant is the uh patrick sertan of of safeties you know sure. in, the, yeah. in the sense that i just feel like he has a very high floor well i feel the same about Morey too so I, yeah. I i really feel good about both those guys but if you're gonna play more split safety i probably like Morey better more single high richie grant's probably the better fit uh, yeah, and I think obviously more single high is what we're going to be seeing with, with switch yes. back to more of a middle of the field close kind of coverages. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think that uh, for me, uh, I, I like Richie Grant there. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to. Uh, I, you know, that's what I've been saying lately. I, I still need people to explain to me why he sh- will make it to forty four because I I don't know that he will. Uh, but if he does and he's there, I think he'd be a great pairing. And then suddenly you've remade your uh, defensive backfield into something uh, worth mentioning. That's because he's like fifty five years old coming oh, into the draft. But that's I no, that's can. no, no, no. The the biggest thing is he's not overly big, and he comes from a smaller school, right? UCF. You don't have a ton of tape with him, you know, against top competition. Uh, he's a senior, and he was on a defense that wasn't particularly good. So there's going to be there's going to be some reasons that he doesn't go in the first round, but. Top of the second feels very, very realistic. Um, I, I, I like that one, Landon. I also like offensive tackle because I feel like the top of the second round, all the way down to pick 45, 50, you're going to potentially get a starting caliber offensive tackle because it's just such a good class. Um, obviously, the top three with Sewell, Slater, and Derrishaw. And then there's a bunch of other guys that are really intriguing. Uh, Cosme from Texas. Uh, I, I kind of like Liam Eckenberg from Notre Dame. Alex Leatherwood from Alabama. Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State, who I know uh, John Owning likes quite a bit. So offensive tackles traditionally don't stretch very far in the draft, but because there's seven, eight good ones in this one, you might be able to get a starting left or right tackle and if Tyron Smith happens to retire in 2022 or something happens with Lyle Collins, I think you'd have yourself covered without having to spend a top 10, top 15 pick. Would you be opposed to an offensive tackle that early? No. I, I mean, I think that, you know, it's, it's, uh, there's so much depth, like you mentioned. And I think really, uh, 
a lot of times what happens when there's a lot of depth at a position, you know, there's kind of a tendency for teams to try to like push it back and be like, okay, well, we'll, just, we'll draft a, uh, the talent a little bit later because the talent really stretches out. Sure, sure. Um, but I think that at the same time, when you do that, you're missing out on some of these guys that can be elite talents at the top, at, at the position at the top, you know? So um, the, the good news is, is that the talent class uh, the tackle class is very deep uh, and top heavy and deep, you know? So if you wanted to get an elite guy, if you wanted to get a Sewell, a Slater, uh, you know, if you want to put Darius uh, yeah. on that group too, you can. Um, you know, I think that those guys are going to be available all throughout the first round. Uh, then, you know, like you said, Leatherwood, Tevin Johnson's another guy, uh, I think mm-hmm. from the Oklahoma State. Tevin Jenkins. Jenkins, yep. sorry. Yeah. Uh, that, that's really good. Um, and, and obviously, uh, the, the North, North Dakota state kid, you know, there's, there's kid, there's, there's uh, Randunce or whatever his name is. I, I you know, Dylan these, Radunes, yep. yeah, these guys, you know, they, they'll, they'll last probably close to the third round. I mean, just because of the sheer number of them, um, and so, yeah, I'm okay with you know taking, uh, taking one early if we had to if if he's you know worth the pick if if, if the value lines up right. Um, I'm certainly interested in seeing what the medical situation and what the the career situation is with with Smith and and Lael Collins before I'm ready to like kind of. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, know more. Inve- in the next fully fully understand yeah. how much I wanted to invest into the position. Sure. Um, just a couple other guys that I really like. If you do go Sertan in the first round, it really opens up the draft. Um, two edge rushers, Carlos Basham from Wake Forest, Jalen Phillips. I don't think Phillips is there. He's just too talented. Yeah. Uh, but maybe he slips a little bit because of the medical. Carlos Basham is just a really good player, um, and he probably maybe a base defensive end on first down and then kicks inside a defensive tackle on pass rushing downs. You could play him, Gregory, and Demarcus Lawrence all together. That's a lot of fun. And then Jabril Cox, the linebacker from LSU, not the most physical player in the run game, but that's not why you're drafting him at 42. You're getting him because he's an absolute star in coverage, and he could play the weak side linebacker right away. And Dan Quinn has had a lot of success with these undersized, speedy linebackers, and it would not be surprising at all if Jabril Cox is the next one uh, to, to make it from LSU to, to the NFL and Dan Quinn's defense. Um, all right, Lena, let's get to a different question. Uh, this one is from Jack. What position is it the easiest to find a late-round starter in the NFL? So he's qualifying a, a late-round starter between rounds three and seven. Which positions can you typically find talent in later in the draft? You know, I think I think we're all very familiar with the kind of positions that we're, we would talk about: linebacker, running back. You know, <laughs> the those, ones that don't matter. Yes. Well, the ones that there's a, a, a <laughs> large amount of. It's not that they don't matter. It's that there's, there's so the, the supply is way well, over the demand. And what then, am I going to do with my domains that running backs don't matter and linebackers don't matter? Dot com. You're going to fool a bunch of suckers <laughs> and make a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I think that the, these guys, the position where, the, where there's just tons of supply being pushed out mm. into the NFL. Uh, I think th- these are the guys that you're going to be able to and, and that are expendable to be honest that that, that kind of you know a, a play a small number of, of years in the league uh, and then they, they they you know usually get worn out so I, I think that that's really those are the two positions where you're going to be able to find uh, you know 
better talent in relation to the rest of the NFL than you would normally in that late of, of round in the draft. I, I, those those are the kinds of positions that you see that. Now, you could probably find box safeties down that late. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could probably find you know um, some interior offensive linemen down uh, that late that could develop into that kind of position. Uh, but usually it's it's the guys that you know that that don't require kind of necessarily elite traits uh you know outside of linebacker and running back where there's just a ton of people that have those kind of traits but right. uh, you know the other positions it's uh maybe guys who are more try hard guys or they're not elite athletes at their position but they know what they're doing uh those are all uh uh you know what we're what we're looking at as far as kind of late round players that could either develop into starters or potentially come in and, and maybe just really be kind of inspired and, and, and take a starting job early in, in the training camp. Yeah, tight ends, another one, like if you're looking for a certain type of tight end, you know, that I would say like the traditionally the tight end two, the blocker, the yeah, guy that can do H back. Yeah. We've seen that over, you know, the last couple of years. Uh, a lot of hits there with, you know, Dalton Schultz is one. Will Disley uh, is another. Foster Moreau, Ian Thomas. So that is a spot where you can find guys uh, to be productive. And then, you know, some specialty guys, right? Like slot corners. It seems like you can find some really good slot corners in the third, early fourth round. Uh, for whatever reason, the NFL just doesn't value that position as highly as outside cornerbacks. And then slot receivers. If you're looking for... You know, the Hunter Renfro type of guy that's just going to come in and catch every pass and average nine yards per reception, you can find that guy as well. So you have to be a little bit more specific in the type of roles that you're going to want to find there. You're just not going to find, you know, very often top quarterbacks and offensive tackles, but you can find starters on defense, specifically linebacker, slot corner, box safety, et cetera, et cetera. All right, let's take one more quick break and we'll come back and we'll answer some more Twitter questions Wanted to tell you guys about Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. All right, Landon, uh, a couple trade down questions. First and foremost, some uh, Michael wants to know how, how likely is it that the Cowboys can trade down from 10 to 15 in this draft? I'm getting the sense that it's, it doesn't feel all that likely considering how high quarterbacks may go, but what is your take on that? You know, I, I guess um, the question I have is is, and, and this isn't like a question for you. This is just kind of a, a question that we will all have until we find out. Is exactly you know how much uh, actual interest is there in Mac Jones? What is Mac Jones's ultimate uh, uh, kind of uh, draft stock by the time the draft comes around? I because just like, don't I, see teams trading up for him. Right? I, I, see, that's the thing is I don't necessarily either. You know, but at the same time, I, I you know. 
the the hard thing right now to kind of project this, Marcus, is is trying to see our way through the veteran quarterback carousel. Right? Like yeah. that's that's yeah. where I feel like I'd need answers first before we can kind of get a hold on whether a trade down is likely, right? Because if you if we get through this uh, you know, the musical chairs of quarterbacks and like, you know, the Colts or uh, New England or even Chicago, like, you know, some of these teams that that are, you know, that have their f- that are circling the, the last few chairs and they're waiting for the music stop. One of yes. them is not is going to sit down on their butts on the ground because they didn't get in the chair in time. So. Well, okay, can I give you a different scenario that I think is realistic? OK, I think there's a chance just looking at the top 10 that we have four quarterbacks in the top 10 and two offensive tackles and maybe a tight end. If Jamar Chase is there at 10. I was going to say, is that's the only other guy there that I feel like could garner some trade-up talk, right? Right, because the Giants pick at number 11. We know they need a wide receiver. It's just what teams could potentially be coming up. Now, Miami drafts at 18. They certainly could use a number one receiver. Washington drafts at 19. Maybe they try to come up. Chicago drafts at 20. If they get their quarterback situation figured out, Allen Robinson is likely to leave in free agency. So that's probably, it feels like more likely to me than than somebody coming up to get a quarterback, but I'm not sure. Miami, to me, really seems like they could be into it even for not just jamar chase like even if smith were available like let's say chase gets taken in the top 10 i wouldn't be surprised if miami Mm. just because of you know let's say they actually have some faith into a they're they're gonna try to make it work there if they decide they they draft suel at three or whatever yeah yeah right let's say they do that and they decide to make a go of it you get suel Suddenly, you can trade back up. You could go get the guy that was that you know was uh, one of of Tua's favorite targets at Alabama. Reunite him with the, with a talented wide receiver mm-hmm. course. So suddenly, uh, and and now that's how you try to get these guys going, right? That's how uh, that's how you you see exactly uh, what you've got in Tua. And and if, if Tua doesn't work out, you know I think you still got some trade uh, capital to like make mm-hmm. you know make a run at a quarterback next year. I know that this is, you know, next year's class may not be as good, but I think at the same time, you, you know, you, you don't necessarily need to make a run um, at, at, at these quarterbacks because I think the, the the issue with the issue with the quarterback class being so good this year, or at least being so deep, is that more it just brings more people to the table to try to eat. You know, and, yes. and, 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 yes. and it's not like there's only three teams vying for four quarterbacks. There's eight teams vying for four quarterbacks. And then you sprinkle in the veteran quarterback situation as well. So I think that and and that affects us in a lot of different ways, including the Tua situation. Maybe Miami decides let's step out of the quarterback situation. Let's use these picks to really load up our offense and, and help Tua succeed. Uh, and if that's the case trading up a couple spots to get a quarterback and, and maybe you know maybe they don't because they can wait on waddle but but i'm but i i think there is a chance that miami looks at that situation realizes that they need to get a top end receiving talent uh and then they kind of jump over uh new york to go get it I, honestly sure. like I, I i think that they may not be the only team that that looks at jamar chase and smith that way yeah, I would agree. I think there's a chance that you maybe get a little bit of movement there. The, the Dolphins make a lot of sense because if they pass on a receiver early, they'll still have the draft capital to go up and get one. Um, so let's just kind of play that scenario out, Landon. Let's say the Cowboys trade down to 18 or 19. It really doesn't matter. But 
if you're trading down, you're really hoping that three guys or so will fall to you at that spot. The three guys that I'm trading back for hoping to fall outside of just you know the Patrick Sertans and the Caleb Farley, the guys that we always talk about, and please add more if you if you if you think. But number one is J.C. Horn. I love J.C. Horn. I think that would be a fantastic pick. Uh, Jeremiah Owusu Koromora, who we're going to talk about, I believe, is it tomorrow? Thursday? It Soon? Tomorrow, yeah. uh, and Christian Barmore. Those are the three guys that I'm trading back for. If I lose out on those three, I'm probably disappointed. Yeah, I, I think uh, you nailed it. I think, uh, and the good news is that there's lots of, you know, that's a lot of names, right? That's a lot of sure. targets to, to be able to trade back and on go On top for. of Sertan and Farley and the two yeah. tackles. So, so I think that that's why trading back is so palatable, right? Is that you feel like uh, you're taking a guy at 10 that you could probably take at 15. You're okay with it, but certainly you'd much rather have the picks that, that, that pay the difference for sure. Sure. Yeah, and again, those are the three. There's a, you could convince me of Zayvon Collins, who we know the Cowboys like a little bit. Mm. He, I, I'm, I'm just not quite sure how he fits in this defense. Yeah, that's my uh, issue too. If you get to that point, Jalen Phillips, again, if he's cleared, I like that quite a bit as well. Uh, maybe one of the offensive tackles fall. That's where you take a dare shot. Maybe Micah Parsons is in the conversation at that point as well. So if you can move down from 10 to 18, pick up what? Probably... A second round pick. It's pretty, I think, pretty clean second round pick to move up. I think that makes a lot of sense. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.